Every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much. For making us a part of your day. Big thanks as well to the title sponsor of the big show. That would be Big O. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires and save up to $150 off Big O brand tires with your Big O credit card now through May 31st. Big O Tires, the team you trust. What's going on? Where are we checking with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network? Should we start with DJ and PK Gordon? What do you think? I think we shall. Uh, they had a convo. The question of the morning, if you will. <laughs> Talking about Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell will be reevaluated before the playoffs to determine his availability. He is out for the last three regular season games. Question of the morning What is your guess on what will happen? PK, there are a lot of people who are on the same page here. I think he's fine, Rick writes. They just know we can't get any seed lower than two, so they're making sure our two ball handlers don't get hurt in meaningless games. And Hector says, I'm fine with it. It's all about the playoffs. He'll be ready to go then. Wishful thinking or spot on? I don't know, man. Aaron, Donovan won't play in the first round of the playoffs. He won't be 100% when he does play, and the Jazz won't make the finals. Well, that's a leap from the first round to the final, final of what, NBA finals? Where are we going? Conference finals? So I'm not really worried about the second or third or fourth rounds at that point. It's more about the first round. And if he's healthy, I think that if he's healthy and Conley isn't, I very much still like their chances for the Jazz to win the first round. Now, reverse, If even if Mike is healthy and Donovan isn't, I still think they're in pretty good shape. Uh, both of them, that makes me nervous because it's kind of a double-edged sword here with the Warriors winning two ball games. Uh, the, yeah, the Warriors are on a little bit of a roll. Well, that means you're going to face a team on a little bit of a roll. That makes you a little bit nervous. And I don't know that the Warriors are going to get eight because I don't know what the Lakers are going to do. And I don't know what any of those teams are really going to do. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, so if the Warriors are on a roll, does that mean they beat the Lakers if the Lakers stay at seven? And then you get the Lakers. So you can just drive yourself dizzy on this stuff here. That's why I'm more focused on the Jazz rather than the opponent. Uh, and so, you know, he won't have any games. So this tonight will be his 14th. So he'll have missed the final 17 games of the season, if my math is correct. Uh, now he's 24 years old and he's dynamic. So if he's healthy, you think he'd be able to come back and be pretty good. Uh, but you know, it's a little bit of a concern. It's not, it's not ideal. At minimum, it's not ideal. You can't argue with it's not ideal because it is definitely not ideal. You know, how concerned are you? An ankle injury, five weeks. I would think, 
as long as I, I just think you'd be well after five weeks. Now, is there some setback along the way? Is it more than just a sprain? You know, if it's a sprained ankle, if it's more than just a sprain, then it can be longer. You know, and they don't they don't go into that. They don't like to talk about that. Donovan, if you're just going to read body language, and you're a big body language guy, when he was on the TV broadcast. He seemed pretty happy and upbeat. So, you know, I guess if you want to go to, you know, some dark corners of the Internet and get some conspiracy theory from someone who's sure the Jazz will never do anything ever because they haven't, and, ah, well, then you can probably go nuts. But he wasn't carrying himself like a guy where there was some big long-term problem. So I'm assuming that this is, you know, kind of precautionary. They think they're in a pretty good spot, and they want him healthy. Well, he's a 24-year-old multimillionaire. He ought to be in a good mood. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I think we can all go through a list of athletes where that's not true. (laughs) It's like you're a multimillionaire in your 20s. You are not happy with your life. Uh, Yeah, but there might be some other issues. He grew up in affluence. I mean, let's call it like it is. And so uh, he's not from the streets, and that tends to be – uh, the better socioeconomical you are, usually that leads to good things. And it's not always the case, obviously, but he should be happy. And he is, by all accounts. I mean, I don't know him personally and have no desire to know him personally unless he wanted to. Uh, but uh, he should be. And he's a great interview. He's got a lot of charisma and all that stuff. And so he he just know has he knows how to... What's the word? Comport himself so very well when a camera and a microphone are in front of him. That's for sure. He's been uh, blessed with that and has probably worked at it and all that stuff. Uh, I don't know that they're, the Jazz are hiding anything because it's not, this isn't like uh, in college football where who's going to be the quarterback and who's going to play, blah, blah, blah. I don't really see that. So I take it at very much face value when they talk about these injuries and the reports that they put out. Mm-hmm. Because they've put out reports every single week. So they're trying to hide something. I don't know that they would need to do that. Uh, so I think that I take it for what it's worth. He's progressing, and they'll reevaluate him before the playoffs. Now, I don't know, does that mean uh, next Monday they come out with an announcement? Uh, next Friday they come out with an announcement? But I, I really don't think that the opposition – needs to know it makes a big difference for them that the the Jazz can gain an advantage. I'm not sure anybody can gain an advantage anyway. I think that's overblown, but they like to play that cat and mouse game. So I think that sometime next week they'll come out and say uh, he's ready to go or you know he'll we'll, we'll know on game day or what have you. And maybe they want to be coy just to give whoever it is just a little bit of doubt. But there's so much film on these guys, and we've seen him play. They play so many games. He's in his fourth year, and if he doesn't play, the Jazz have played so many games now without him that the team that they play should be prepared if the Jazz don't have Mitchell. All right, there you go. That's DJ and uh, PK conversation about Donovan Mitchell. I think uh, I think they're being strategic about it. I just think they're they're thinking of themselves that they can get uh, him some rest and get as much time off that thing as possible, uh, getting ready for the playoffs. That's, but I, but you know what? We're not in the the medical training room. Right. Gordon, I mean, so there's no way. Then, there's no way to know. We don't know. I mean, because you heard it there when when DJ was reading the various uh, you know uh, 
texts or uh, tweets that uh, is what some people think he's ready to go now and some people think, no, no, he's going to miss uh, part of the playoffs. Uh, we, we can't know that. And, and I can't read his body language. I mean, he didn't look like he was paying much attention to the game the other night when they had him on, when Bowler had him on. He, you know, it's not like he was keenly studying what was going on. Uh, so it looked to me like he's on the shelf for a while, and that came they came out and said that, essentially. So we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, I do think the Jazz will certainly, like the guy said, need Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell to be able to fulfill their potential in the playoffs. It uh, goes really without saying, right? So do everything you can to get him as ready as possible. And if that means rest, so be it. Uh, he he's familiar enough with the Jazz and what they want to get accomplished to be able to step in during that week that you talked about, Jake, of practice and get himself prepared to go again. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. It's like golf to some extent. Have you ever not played golf for a while and then you go out and you play really well? I mean, this is what Donovan Mitchell does for a living. I, I assume that if he is healthy and he's ready to go, he'll he'll have himself uh, in in proper position to do do something positive with the team, uh, if he's hurt, then then that's a different story, and that's that brings all kinds of concerns for the Jets. Right, and I I think all the other things that uh, that get brought up as far as rust and that sort of thing fall by the wayside compared to overall health. I agree with you. Yeah, uh, and you can't get into the weeds, but I I mean. I, I think the folks are overreacting a little bit, at least for now, that are saying, oh, Donovan's going to miss the whole first round and uh, the Jazz are not going to win and it's going to be another season just like we're used to and on and on and who, on. Who, I mean, who can know that? Yeah, that's over. I think that's overreaction at this point. Yeah, uh, and I think we've gotten indications in the past that the Jazz, if they're going to err in one direction or the other, it's going to be on the on the side of caution. Yeah, And as much as I don't like the concept – of load management, Kawhi Leonard's Tor- uh, Toronto experience proved out that it's worth it. How did Toronto win that title? Well, Kawhi Leonard had gas in the tank in the playoffs, and he took them through. And not that he was the only one, and don't uh, discount you know Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry, who played well too, but, I mean, it was. You, you saw the shot go down against Philadelphia. I mean, it was Kawhi and his health that was the reason that uh, Toronto had a championship. On it the, worked. On the other hand, though, if he is healthy now— I don't see the advantage in holding him out from a rest standpoint. He he's already had a month off, so he's the, the guy is fresh. Now he's fresh, so if he's able to play, why would you hold him out at that point? Other than what you brought up, and that is cautious protection. Yeah, you you don't want something to happen. Right. You don't want to have a a re uh, a re injury or something like that, or an entirely different. Injury. But he's already rested. Right. But uh, it, but it hasn't you know I wonder and we'll never know this of course but if there were more on the line in these games and that this uh this current squad wasn't able to keep the ship afloat without Donovan and Mike if there would be more ir- urgency. But the Jazz have the luxury where they've done just fine without those two guys well, and it two hasn't games up. Yeah, it hasn't cost them uh, anything. They've got magic number down to 2. They've got a 97 and a half percent chance of <laughs> of winning the Western Conference. So it hasn't. They haven't sacrificed anything. I mean, the Lakers without LeBron have dropped how many slots in the playoffs? I a mean, lot. they've they've cratered. 
Mm-hmm. The Jazz have not without uh, Conley and Donovan Mitchell. So you, the, the Jazz have the luxury of flexibility here. They should take advantage of it. And I think that's what they're doing. I think that, so that's too. my suspicion. But, uh, again, we don't know, folks. We don't know. And I don't think anybody knows other than those a very slight few. Uh, let's move on to Hanson Scotty, who also we're talking jazz basketball, uh, talking about uh, Hans not worried about the Warriors for the Jazz if they get him in the first round. And you know how many times I've said I don't want any piece of Steph Curry. I don't want any piece of playoff Steph. How many times have I said that? A lot. A lot. But last night I realized I think the Utah Jazz would undo Golden State in five games in the first series. Uh... I think the Jazz win the series. I might go six. You go but, six? But, uh, yeah, I... Uh, I go five. I think that uh, there's a certain uh, there, there's a certain setup here where if you have the Lakers and Golden State playing in the 7-8 game, I think I'd still rather have Golden State than the Lakers. Yes. Um, and I think that's probably how it plays out with LeBron coming back. How are you predicting Davis. the Lakers to look at that point? Oh, they'll they'll have they'll have their big guns back, and I think they'll be relatively healthy. Okay, then yes, I agree with you. And I think that you'll see uh, you'll see the Lakers at seven, and I think you'll see Golden State at eight. Maybe the Lakers move up. I don't think so, but I think that's what you're looking at right now, where you're going to have your playing match one of your playing matchups of Golden State and the Lakers. And I think the Lakers will win and uh, go to seven. And I think Golden State will play whoever comes out of that 9-10 thing and, and uh, for a chance to go to eight. And I think that's going to be the Jazz and Golden State round or Jazz and Golden State round number one. So be prepared for it. I think this is what you're looking at. And the other fact, too, is and I want to get, you know, I don't want to get too much in the weeds in this game because I just don't know if it really matters that much. But, but I don't think you can count on 19 points from Bazemore night in and night out mm-hmm. like like what the jazz did and i completely agree with this philosophy is you're gonna harass and i know steph got his points he got 36 but but they were harassing him to the point where they're throwing two and essentially playing four on three where you take steph out with two defenders and you essentially are gonna have to guard three people or guard four people with three defenders for 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 stretches uh, of a possession and and Bazemore made him pay for it. Um, and Wiggins made him pay some from time to time. Yeah, Poole um, was able to do it as well. You know, you got Poole uh, was very good off the bench. Yeah, Poole was the other guy I was thinking of. You know, that's another guy who went four of nine from three. So when those guys are hitting threes, then it's going to be a bit of a problem for you. But I don't think that's going to happen time and time. And I don't think that you can count on that. No, no, because you're you're two. It's two of your best guard defenders. Two of your your, your top defenders. On the outside are are, are all stars and on yeah. the bench, yep. uh, unhealthy right now, but but will be healthy. I think it just changes everything. The other point I wanted to make: I saw a lot of people on social media saying, "Why aren't you going to Rudy? Why aren't you going to Rudy? Why aren't you going to Rudy?" I don't think Quinn Snyder wants to show everything. I don't. I I think Rudy is absolutely going to be a threat. If Golden State is trying to run Looney, or if they're trying to really push. Uh, green to the five, yeah, and and really trying to go go small and trying to get athletic and run shots. Then I do think that you're going to use Rudy, but yeah. I don't think you max out Rudy in a meaningless regular season game. I kind of felt like last night. I kind of felt like what you were doing with Rudy and what you were doing with the pick and roll and what you were doing in the paint. And 
I, I kind of felt like it was all just bland. And I felt like the Jazz on the outside and then the Jazz with what they do with Jordan Clarkson was typical. Yeah. But I didn't feel like there was any system, like, like Quinn was showing any hand, thinking to himself, maybe in a week and a half, i got to see these guys in a seven-game series. Certainly could be the case. I think the other thing is without Conley and without uh, Mitchell, what Golden State does defensively causes a lot of problems for what Utah or what the Jazz do offensively. And when Golden you, State's a good defensive exactly, team. Exactly. When you can switch one through five like they do uh, constantly and you do not have Mitchell and you do not have uh, – it, it, really, it really causes problems for the Jazz offensively. And we saw that for huge stretches outside of that fourth quarter when Jordan Clarkson got hot and they scored 40 points. Other than that, it was a really, really bad offensive night for the Jazz because of what uh, a lot of probably what what you're talking about as well. But also, that's a defense that's really good that switches. And if you don't have elite-level scoring or an elite-level point guard, you're going to have some problems with that. And that's, you know, you go back to uh, you go back to what Houston did to the Jazz back in the day when they would switch like crazy. Uh, it gave Utah fits offensively. And so I think... I think it was kind of a perfect storm. I don't know if the Jazz ultimately were into that for the first three quarters of the game. I think they held back. I think what Golden State does offense or defensively gave them fits. And then Jordan Clarkson broke, broke through in the fourth quarter and nearly won the game for the Jazz. But I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't take a lot of – I'm not too overly concerned about that game last night. Not at all. What do you think, Gordon? I agree with a lot of what Scotty and Hans said there. I don't necessarily agree – with the whole idea that uh, the Jazz weren't going to show anything in that game. I mean, <laughs> Steve Kerr's a pretty smart guy. He knows what the Jazz are going to do. I mean, I, I, I don't think they were trying to hide Rudy Gobert. I think that switching defense caused some problems for the Jazz offense. And you saw them close out on the shooters, and that combination of, of putting somebody between the basket and Rudy – and closing out on the shooters caused the Jazz problems. And I think that's that's where that was coming from. But I do agree that uh, having Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley back in a lineup will solve many of the problems that the Jazz were having on Monday night. Yeah, personnel. I mean, they just didn't have the personnel to really combat that. Because we've seen teams uh, over the course of the season. In fact, you and I have talked about this quite a bit. We've seen teams play that way against the Jazz, and they've been more than fine. They've won a lot of those games by 20 or more points. So... Right personnel playing the way, you know, you want to make Golden State react, get rid of that defense because it's not working. Right, and to do that, you need a guy like Donovan Mitchell in addition to Jordan Clarkson, and Mike Conley can do it too and uh, sort of punish them for those switches. And that that was – the Jazz just couldn't get that done. Yeah, they almost did. (laughs) They almost did, yeah. They absolutely almost did. Yeah. But I think the Jazz really wanted to win that game. I don't think they were holding back. No, no, I think they, uh, I think they wanted to win uh, that game as well, and and played like it. I mean, they were down in the fourth. They could have just packed up and gone away. They made that furious comeback and yes. made a game of it. I mean, yeah. it was this, this team shows a lot of heart. They just weren't necessarily equipped with the personnel. And, to... and, and, and listen, if that's part of your culture, then good on you. You know, because that's you don't want to forfeit that. Uh, I don't care if you don't want to win the if, if the Jazz didn't want to win the game, you still gotta you can't say to your fellas, guys, uh, let's not go out and try tonight. Let's not uh, let's not reveal anything that uh, they might take notes on. No, I I I think there's too many games in the NBA to be 
worried about that for a, a potential playoff matchup. But I think Golden State is pretty good. I I, I understand. They're playing well right now. Clay yeah. Thompson, uh, they miss him. If they had him, then uh, I think it'd be really really dangerous. I think they're dangerous as it is because they play hard. They play that, that defense. Uh, you know, what are they ranked fifth in defense? Something like that. And uh, yeah, and 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 stuff is stuff. So, and he was getting help. He's getting help from his teammates. It's not all stuff anymore. I mean, that might be your, you might think that, but uh, no, they're getting contributions all around. So, uh, I, I think the Jazz, as we talked about earlier in the week before that game happened on Monday night, that the Jazz would have the advantage in that matchup one eight. But I, I don't think it would be easy. I. I think the yeah I think it could go. Hans said five games. I could see it five. I could also see it six, something along those lines. Well, I wouldn't call them dangerous. Now we're getting into superlatives. I don't dangerous to do what? Make the playoffs? Uh, is is calling a team dangerous a superlative? Well, I don't know. I didn't call them the greatest. No, I suppose it wouldn't be then. But uh, dangerous, uh, what am I looking for then? I mean, it's such a subjective term. What does that mean, dangerous? Uh, well, the way I meant it is that the Jazz would have to really get on their Semantics game. Semantics, thank you. Uh, get on their game to, to take care of their business. And in the playoffs, of course, it always helps you to, 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 to do your business uh, right from jump, uh, right from the beginning, so you could, uh, you know, so you, you don't wear yourself out series after series. Mm. All right, let's jump out of the zone phone. Joining us now, our friend from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's Andrew Reinhardt. And uh, Andrew, um, it, it's amazing how many guys are walking around out there dealing with all these side effects from the traditional treatments for ED. They don't need to do that anymore. No, they don't need to do it anymore, and they don't need to deal with the ED at all. Uh, a lot of guys are taking the pill, and there's a lot of guys doing nothing. They say 75% of men with ED uh, do not seek treatment. So that's a lot of relationships that are suffering. Maybe guys don't know all the options. They're a little embarrassed. There's kind of the stigma. We have helped so many guys get away from the pills. Part of the embarrassing part is pausing to take a pill. Our treatments, the acoustic wave therapy, they address the blood flow. They address the damaged blood vessels with pressure waves over about 10 minutes. It's really easy, and it's shown by 40 clinical studies to work. Cambridge and so many others have said this restores circulation, gets rid of the erectile dysfunction, and we've seen that happen with literally hundreds of patients. So fix the problem, don't treat the symptom. Right. If you're taking a pill or using injections or ordering supplements, the ED is not going away. Uh, you'll probably have to take more and more pills, and you'll have to do it for a lifetime. Uh, one study actually put guys through our treatments and then went back to them years later, and the results were still lasting in most cases. That is so cool that you don't have to repeat it. We're treating the problem, and we're getting lasting results. 801-901-8000. And you can come in and see the doctor, see if this is a good fit. And uh, some other stuff, right? There really is a lot of value. Yes. Call us. The assessment exam is free. The blood flow ultrasound. You'll get that uh, little gift, special perk. It produces immediate results in the bedroom, and it's very popular. And there's 300 bucks off treatments right now. So really, really a lot of value, and it's the first step 
in getting rid of the erectile dysfunction. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks, guys. All right, give him a call today. David Locke jumps on next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update, presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point belt. Belt, belt. Bottom of the hour jazz update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. Uh, the Utah Jazz Magic number is now down to two after the Warriors beat the Suns uh, last night. So uh, any combination of two, either a Jazz win or Suns loss, and the Jazz will have clinched the top seed in the Western Conference. Uh, Gord, uh, let's see, Derek Favors was asked uh, by Gordon Monson on some radio show if the Jazz can contend for real. No, I think we can definitely make a deep run in the playoffs, and I think we can continue to get better, especially on the defensive end and on the offensive end. I think we haven't reached our full potential yet, especially when Mike comes back, when when Donovan comes back. You know, I think we'll be a scary team in the playoffs. By the way, I have a bone to pick with the two of you. What, I go on paternity leave, and all of a sudden Derek Favors comes on the show. Is it Should I should I be insulted? Yes. Is this you guys just hogging the good guests? Yes. I love it when Favors comes on the show. Well, I mean, Austin showed up, and, and you know, I mean, Jeez. that's a natural draw. I asked Fave, and he said, is Jake there? I said, no. He said, I'll be there. Oh, great. Uh, Jazz back at it tonight, <laughs> taking on uh, Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers here at Vivint Arena. Tip-off coming your way at 7.30. Pre-game coverage begins at 6.30. What do you want? You're locked on to the big show, presented by Big O Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Well, how am I doing since you did what you've done to me? I can't lie, sometimes cry when I think of how it used to be. I keep my friends with me. I stay busy. Big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you that registration is now open for Skyhawk Sports Academy summer camps. Join them for an action-packed, fun-filled summer of youth sports camps at a location near you. Choose between soccer, flag, football, fueled by uh, USA football, golf, baseball, cheerleading, multi-sports camps, mini hawk camps, and more. Find programs, information, and register today at www.skyhawks.com. We're going to talk to David Locke here momentarily. We have a, a pair of tickets to give away for tonight's game. Let's Should we do a keyword with Locke? I, lo- right. I like keyword. I know I like keyword too. Let's let's think of a good one. Uh, you just gotta remember the keyword. Like that time Gordon forgot the keyword. How about how about this, uh, David? As soon as he says Dame, maybe not not Damien, just Dame. What if he doesn't? Doesn't David usually say Dame? Dame Lillard? does he? I don't know. All right. Well, maybe that's not a good one. How about the first time he says any player's first name, and just the first just name? the first name. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So He's any right now. any player, just the first name, be caller 12, 855-340-ZONE, and you'll go to the game tonight. You'll come see Dame in person. <laughs> okay. Sounds good to me. 
Anytime you get a chance to see uh, Damian Lillard, it's worth it, right? Oh yeah. I mean, come on. He's 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 sort of from here. David's appearance on the show, uh, brought to you as always by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, the radio play-by-play voice for the Utah Jazz. He is David Locke. Hello, David. Hello, guys. How are you? Uh, we're doing great, man. How are you? Uh, regular season coming to a close this week. Feels kind of weird. Can we stop for a second? Can we just, like, take a minute together? Can we, can we come to get, like, the number one seed? Pretty amazing. Like, totally incredible. Like, uh, like no one, no one. Like, I know we started hot and we got hot and we all kind of – like, no one ever predicted the Jazz as the number one seed this year. Not the most excited Jazz fan in the world thought the Jazz fan would be the number one seed in the West this year. You are it's right. incredible. What an amazing accomplishment. And then when you start to think about it actually very subtly here at the end, suddenly Donovan's missed a lot of games, right? Like, it was that we were the number one seed because – we stayed healthy when everyone else didn't stay healthy and we avoided COVID when everyone else got COVID. That's not really that true anymore. Like, like Mike has suddenly missed just as many games as like Kawhi Leonard and Donovan's missed just as many. Now Rudy's played like the whole shebang. And that's like, what matters is that like Rudy's played the whole shebang and he's that great. Um, but it is just an amazing, like we got to get two more wins. Don't count the chickens before they hatch, but Frankly, if we don't beat Oklahoma City and Sacramento, we probably don't deserve it. So, um, I mean, just an incredible, incredible accomplishment from from everyone involved, from Trent Forrest to Rudy Gobert to, to Mike Elliott in strength and conditioning to Eric Waters as a trainer to Quinn Snyder as a head coach to Dennis Lindsay to to Andrew Mealy in the front office staff. Like, I mean, to Bernie who's making the shakes. Like, to every single person involved in the organization – what an amazing, amazing accomplishment there on the verge of. Jake and I were talking about this earlier, David, and uh, I think it's meaningful. I mean, some people don't think it means that much. To me, I think it's symbolic of everything you just described, the way the Jazz oh, have played this year. I mean, I think it's really, really meaningful in um, in numerous, numerous fashions. I mean, you know, hey, can you win in Utah? Okay, well, that would just answer that. Now can you win a championship? We'll see. Like, that's hard. Like, that's this is not like – I mean, the first round might be the most difficult round they have of the whole series, frankly, of the, of all of them. And so there's a chance they're going to be the number one seed and they go out in the first round. And it's not – to me, that's not a failure. That's the uniqueness of the season. But it And it would be a bummer. But these guys have been amazing. It's a huge accomplishment. It tells you a lot. It tells you how well the team's been put together. It tells you how amazing the head coach is in seeing a vision for his team – during the stoppage of play before they went to the bubble last year. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. And frankly, there's, you know, it helps to beat Sacramento by 50 and to play and to blow the Spurs out twice. Um, but frankly, some of the teams they've just hammered recently turned around and won games that shortly who look like they'd never win another game, turned around and won games shortly thereafter. So um, they're differential, like without in the last like stretch of time without Donovan, it's still like one of the best in the NBA. I mean, it's just remarkable what these guys are doing. David Locke with us here on uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David, I've I've got to ask you about Donovan Mitchell and your take on on him not playing for the rest of the regular season, but I don't know how to do it because I hate these topics. As you did sports radio for, for a long, long time. I mean, we don't know. We're not in the medical room. I mean, it seems like it, when people talk negatively about it, what are you doing? You're accusing somebody of, of faking it or, 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 or not being able to play hurt? or I, I don't know. It's always complex to talk about, but I realize that it's a, it's a story, right? 
Right. So it's a huge story. So let's take the various different angles on it. So let's take the most important. What's the impact on the team? It's not great. Like, let's be honest. It's not great. It'd be far better if Donovan was healthy today and could play the final three games of the regular season. Right? So let's not, like, lie about that. Like, that's – it's not great. It'd been better if he had played NBA um, now with a – by being the one seed, they're going to gain seven extra days or six extra days. So hopefully he'll be ready by then and be ready to go. Um, then, like, in regards to the injury, so we don't know. You're 100% right. You've said it well. Um, was it more severe than kind of the initial reports led us to be? Maybe. I don't know. But, like, there was this kind of he got hurt. He got carried off the floor. It looked pretty serious. And then there was this kind of wave for, like, 24 hours. That it's not as serious. Okay. Well, that, that may have been inaccurate. I don't know where that really came from, but I would agree that we all kind of got that vibe through whether it was Woj or whatever. We, like, that turned out to not be true. Did he have a setback somewhere along the way? Maybe. I have no idea because we're not there, but that actually happens all the time. So, like, what's the, like that shouldn't be a stunner, right? Like, how, like, almost every athlete who ever comes back from an injury talks about how they had setbacks along the way. So, if he had a setback somewhere that lengthened it out for another five, six, seven days, not the end of the world. I mean, it, like, or not maybe, like, not the end of the world, but also not that unusual would be a better way to say it. And so, you know, that's kind of where we are. Did Was there, we don't know, was there a setback? Was it more severe than we were led on to believe by I don't know whom? You know, he's not just, here's the one thing, he's not just sitting out, right? Ideally, he'd play right now if he was available. They would get him out on the floor and give him time. Um, and get him back into physical shape and conditioning and all those kind of things. I mean, the conditioning's a real issue. Like, if he's not playing an NBA game for a month before he goes up in a playoff game where you'd like him to play 40 minutes, like, I don't think he's going to be able to do that. David, have you uh, learned any specific things about the team in the absence of Donovan Mitchell at Montana? Yeah, I think that Quinn has really done – a remarkable job of building a identity and style to how they're going to play offensively. Um, they're going to play when they're successful, they're going to play quickly. They're going to take, you know, the whole old adage was like, work good to great. Like I kind of love this. I call it the, well, that's good enough approach, right? We have great shooters. So if you get an open look in the first six, seven, eight seconds of shot clock, shoot it, like shoot it now, like right away. Don't buy fast. Um, you know, I think we're seeing a lot less ball fakes and a lot less, like, holding the ball than we've seen out of this team um, at t- different times this year. And, you know, I think that's what they, the identity of this team is, like, don't ball fake. Like, either dribble, pass, or shoot immediately. Like, don't do something else. 0.5 seconds, you hear Mike Wells on a halftime show talk about it all the time. Make your decision in 0.5 seconds. Really, what they're saying is make the decision 0.5 seconds before you get the ball. Know when you get the ball. Am I driving? Am I shooting? Am I passing? So that has been, you know, really clear to me of what they're doing. Um, You know, I really think Rudy is having – I don't know how to prove it. I like metrics. You know, I would have been a lawyer if I hadn't done this. Um, I really think Rudy is having one of the greatest defensive seasons of all time. Um, And and that is showing here. Um, His impact as an MVP candidate over the recent stretch probably – you know, if we were really trying to trumpet him right now, I think the race is over and it's Nikola Jokic. But, you know, the fact that the Jazz have stayed above water without Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell and been playing, uh, I think actually their differential, again, a 50-point blowout, excuse it in a small sample size, but I think their differential is like 10 or 11, so they're playing at like a 60-win pace. Fine, back it down. Like, if you told me that a team that was going to start Joe Ingles uh, – 
George Niang, Royce O'Neal, Rudy Gobert, and Boyan Bogdanovich was going to win 50 games in the NBA, I'd have to go. Well, something in that equation of that starting lineup is with a back with a back with a bench of Trent Forrest, Jordan Clarkson, Derek Favors. Now, the two things I would say is like, oh, your bench is really good um, with Jordan Clarkson and Derek Favors. And I'd say, well, some, if that team's going to win 50 plus games or be on pace for 60, then there must be something else in that equation that's far better than we recognize as a collective body, and that would be, I think, two parts. Joe's far better at playing point guard than people recognize, but Rudy's just incredible. Um, and so I think that there's, um, I, I think there's a really legitimate argument that like that Rudy is not only, you know, depends what you think valuable is. Um, I, you know, I think he's a top five MVP candidate. I also think he's probably having um, one of the all-time great defensive seasons ever. And that, that's hard to prove, but um, if you want me to elaborate on that, I can. I'll, I have a, I have a thought. Oh, I just feel like I've talked long enough. No, go ahead. Sure. I think a lot of fans want to hear it. So the front office pivoted over a span of six months, about 24 or about, you know, two years ago. And it was after the Houston series. And what really had begun to happen was our defense was unbelievable. But if we were, even if we were good defensively against the best offensive teams, so the Rockets and Warriors, if they were averaging, you know, 115 points per 100 possessions, and we had a great defensive game and held them to 110 points per 100 possessions. So five below their average, did an incredible job. That's what the best defense in the league does. Our offense wasn't actually good enough to get to that rate. Even if we had a great defensive game, our offense wasn't good enough to, to, have, to win. And so when we lost those series to Houston and Golden State, we had a bunch of great defensive games and we still lost. And so the front office appropriately pivoted and said, you know, we have to get better offensively. And they made five really significant moves that were all offensive to defensive moves. So they traded Dante Exum for Jordan Clarkson. That's a defense to offense move. They, Ricky Rubio for Mike Conley, defense for offense move. Really, Boyan Bogdanovich for Derek Favors at the time, defense to offensive move. George Niang for Jay Crowder, offense, you know, offense over defensive move. And then the subtle last one was that whoever's playing backup point guard over Howell Meadow. Is, was an offensive-defensive move. So they made five principled moves to change who we were as a team and take us from the 16th-ranked offense to one and let Quinn play with a spread floor for the first time and open it up, and Quinn turned out to be the basketball offensive genius that we all knew he was, and the front office was 100% right, and the Jazz became one of the elite offensive teams in the league. Last year, we were only okay defensively. Everyone blamed it on Tony Bradley, which I think was really unfair to Tony. He wasn't great, but I think it was unfair to Tony. The truth is, and I don't mean this critically at all because I think this is the right thing to do, we're a bad defensive team because we pivoted in five positions and made ourselves a good offensive team. We just happen to have the greatest defensive player in the history of the game, one of the best defensive players in the history of the game, the best defensive player in the league. And so when Rudy is on the floor, we're terrific defensively because he's that great. But when Rudy's off the floor for both of the last two years, we're not good defensively. It's not because Derek Favors is not good. It's not because Tony Bradley's not good. Just collectively, we're, we're not particularly good defensively because the front office astutely recognized that we needed to make a shift on who we were and be a good enough offensive team to win playoff games. And we should have, you know, if it weren't for a bunch of things, we would have won a playoff series in the bubble. And so they were, they were right, and this is the next maturation of that process. 
But it's all built on, I mean, without being too crass, it's like how many average or below average defensive players that are great offensive players can we put on one roster with the greatest defensive player in the world and still be good defensively? To some extent, what we've just done. And so, to me, when you contrast what we are defensively with and without Rudy, it's like an 18-point for 100-possession difference. It's one of the most largest gaps we've ever seen in the league. It's a statement of what Rudy is able to do for this roster. Now, I'm not trying to discredit the defensive effort or try to just – and Royce is, you know, does a heck of a job. But Boyan's an offensive player. Joe's an offensive player. Mike's an offensive player. Dom's an offensive player. George's an offensive player. Have I forgotten anybody? I'm forgetting one of our regular rotation players. I'm sure, like, oh, no, Royce, Rudy, and Derek. Like, okay, those are your, like, we built a team that is now one of the top five offensively and top five defensively. We're top five offensively because the front office built an offensive team, and we're top five defensively because we're the greatest defensive player in the world who's having one of the greatest defensive seasons of all time. David, I got I rest my I rest my case. Yeah, and it's a strong case. It really is. Um let me let me just ask a, a, a sort of a simple question that uh, you I want your opinion on, and that that's when defenses switch on the Jazz's offense, uh, and 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 I'm assuming that Donovan Mitchell will be back in the mix and Mike Conley. Uh, what is the best way to defeat a switching defense, David? So we've torched def- switching defenses for most of the season. Um, and what we do on it is you don't set the pick on the pick and roll. You actually just kind of slip it before it ever happens, forcing them to make their switch. And then any of our three isolation players, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, or Donovan Mitchell, drive to the basket either to complete the shot or forcing them to come off of Rudy and finding Rudy or Rudy's got a smaller guy. Or they, depending on who they are defensively and how they – how they play, they then may sag into the lane and collapse to try to protect the rim, and now you're kicking out for threes. And then once you create that advantage off the isolation breakdown, because the pick and roll is not going to work, you now are playing advantage basketball, and you're swinging and moving and kicking and getting all these opportunities. And so that's the once you're into a half-court set against a switching defense, that's the best way to do it. The problem the other night was that we didn't have two of the three guys that can beat people off the dribble. We don't really have a fourth player that beats someone off the dribble, gets in the lane, and can kind of dish out as a threat. And so that's why Jordan took 50,000 shots the other <laughs> night. The fact he had no assists was because Golden State's approach was to just hug all the shooters and not once you beat your guy one-on-one, they just guarded everyone. They didn't ever really come to protect. And as he figured out that they were forcing him left and not letting him get back to his right hand. He started straight line driving with his left hand finishing. And then he also did a masterful job of taking early threes, which is kind of the core to who we are as a team, which is really how you beat it. You just run and don't let him get set. Um, so I think, you know, it's not, that's a defense that does not particularly bother me. We won't see it tonight from Portland. It's not how they play. Um, it's not how the Lakers play, so I wouldn't expect to see it in the first round. We would, we would see it out of Golden State. And with Mike and Donovan, I think it would I don't think it would bother us as much. What what does bother us a little bit, Phoenix has done this to us, is when someone's being particularly – Minnesota does this actually really well with some non-offensive players like Josh Okogie and some of those guys. When someone's long and physical and can get up in on us, and so then even if we are able to run our staff, it's all off mark. In other words, the pick and roll is supposed to happen at – you know, 26 feet and it's happening at 32 or the pick and roll is supposed to be happening angle right and they can't quite get to the spots. Like, 
if you're a real student of this game, the way Quinn Snyder moves where the pick and roll is throughout the game to discover things or exploits coverages is one of our greatest strengths. And then with Rudy's a pick setter, but if you can't get the ball to that point and you can't get to where you want to because of their physical presence, pressure that's when we've been bothered the most you sort of answered my question in the whole deal with uh, if donovan and mike were back in that lineup if the jazz faced the warriors in the first round they'll have a tougher time with that strategy than yeah they would i don't I, I don't have the data um i could probably find someone who has it for me um, i don't think we have had a noticeable decline against switching defenses this year i think um i know that we've done pretty well against zones and I would suspect we've done pretty well against switching defenses as well. I don't I don't think that matters now there. The the concern if there is one is there does seem to be a reoccurring theme of us shooting badly against same teams. So Phoenix, New York, Miami were not great against Golden State. One game was okay. Um, and so you wonder, is there something that those teams specifically are doing? And we take enough threes that we're giving you a pretty good sample size of 100 threes that it makes it hard to, you know, you begin to wonder whether or not maybe they're doing something that, that we don't quite have figured out. Thank you, David. We'll talk to you tonight on the broadcast. Was that David James' record of, like, long answers for only three questions? Probably they, they, pretty close. Uh, yeah, but they were good answers. They were good. They were good. Good stuff. Well, I don't know this team after 70 games. I probably don't deserve a job. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. See ya. David Locke, you'll hear him on the broadcast coming up tonight. Coming up next, Market Update, and then Ben Anderson at 4. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a market update brought to you by our friends at TridayTrading.com. Now, anybody can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com today. How would we do in the markets today, Gordo? There are good days in the markets, and there are bad days. Today was a horrible day. That's not good. No. S&P was down 89 points. I always... Always get revenge. The NASDAQ was down nearly 358 points. So this is what cardiac arrest feels like. Get the defibrillator. I'm done. And the Dow had the worst day since January uh, on fears of inflation and other indicators. The markets did not like down off 681 points. I'll never be hurt, destroyed, devastated, blindsided without some type of return, ever. So uh, the markets have been climbing, but this has not been a good week, and today was the worst day of the week. Well, some good news. They got that uh, that oil pipeline back online. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, so if you can get gasoline. Technology, if you technology in particular has just been taking a hit right now. Ever. All right, coming up next. Uh, our guy Ben Anderson from KSL Sports is going to jump on the show. But right now, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. And, Andrew, you guys are, are treating a problem that a lot of guys have but uh, maybe don't want to talk about. 
Yes, a lot of guys suffering in silence with erectile dysfunction. Our technology at Wasatch Medical, a uh, recent study called it, they said in their words, the new standard of care for ED. That is pretty cool when you think about 30 years of the pill, 30 years of headaches, 30 years of failures in the bed, disappointments, not knowing if it'll work, trying to time things right. That same study uh, took x-rays of blood vessels in this part of the body before the treatment and after and said that this uh, physically rehabilitates erectile tissue. So cool. This is helping a lot of guys improve blood flow without surgery, without injections or pills, and get some of that spontaneity back. Man, that's got to be the big incentive, right? The the, the spontaneity, getting back to that uh, normal, getting the romance back in a way? Yeah, and seeing the relationship improve. What's so cool is that uh, you see uh, the relationship with your significant other get better. It has this ripple effect on happiness and sense of uh, well-being, all of that plays a role, uh, and all of that improves when we remove the ED. 801-901-8000. Get in, see the doctor, and a bunch of other stuff for free, right? Yeah, a lot for free. Uh, call us, and the assessment and exam is free. You'll meet with our medical doctor. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound. You'll get that little gift that even if you don't do treatments, you'll like this. It produces immediate results in the bedroom, and there's 300 bucks off also right now. So a lot of value, and it's the first step in getting rid of the ED and get the, getting the intimacy back. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, guys. Ben Anderson jumps on the show next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.